know, sometimes when we hear the word obedience, we focus on the one we're being obedient to, the one that requires obedience. Or perhaps we think about the consequences of not being obedient. When God asks for obedience, I'm going to look at it differently today. I don't think it's about focusing on Him or on the consequences. But rather, I think it's about what obedience brings. You know, we're talking about making our faith real. Making sure that we're real with God. And I want us to see today that obedience brings something good. You know what it brings? It brings rewards. And at the end of rewards, you know what we have? (laughs) Refreshment. Now we know in the natural realm, it's not uncommon for rewards to follow obedience. For instance... You get a bonus for a job well done. Or maybe for the farmer. He has an abundant harvest because he followed all the rules of agriculture and he was diligent. And look at the crops he got. Today we're going to take a look at the bonuses that obedience brings in the spiritual realm. I want you to see today that There's a motivation for being obedient, and that's the benefits that it brings to us. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has been crucified, buried in a tomb, uh, brought down from the cross, obviously, and then it's early Sunday morning, and the Marys came to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. And I'm sure you're familiar with what happened. When they arrived at the tomb, the stone was rolled away from the opening. And there was an angel that appeared at the tomb, and he greeted the ladies. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he was lying. And they looked in and said, he's right. And the angel said, go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you'll see him, as I've told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and they ran to report it to the disciples. But wait a minute. Jesus met them, and he greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take my word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they would see me. So Jesus is confirming the message of the angel. Now these ladies, right, they were favored to be the first witnesses of the risen Lord. Why the women and not the men? Perhaps they were even more saddened than the men were. Because the men who walked with Jesus, they walked away. The women, 
They were last at Golgotha, and they were first at the tomb. And I think it's God's way to come to those who need him the most and to heal the widest wound. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 8, 17, speaking of wisdom, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Well, Jesus is wisdom. Were these ladies more spiritual than even the disciples? You know what I say? (laughs) Yes, they were. You know why? Because they were seeking Jesus. So now the the disciples, they go to the school of the Marys to learn about the risen Christ. So Jesus said, go quickly and tell the disciples that he's risen from the dead. So let's go to the same school. Here we see the ladies being obedient. Go quickly. The angel said that first, then Jesus did. Go quickly and tell the disciples. Belief precedes obedience. They had to believe before they acted on what they were told. And they did believe. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. Look, I've told you that, they said. So they left the tomb. And they were fearful, but they were joyful. And they went to tell the disciples. See, they believed the report because they saw it with their own eyes. And then they acted on what they believe. They went with an eager willingness to their errand. That's how we know what we believe. We act on it. Whatever you say where you believe, that doesn't matter. What you act on, that's what you really believe. And what you have seen, you must tell others. And what you've been taught, you teach others. So you cannot be a messenger of God unless you believe in your heart that what God has said and done is true. James said that your belief is evidenced by what you do. That's how we know you believe. It's worked out in your life. There's a warning here. Never pretend to believe when you really do not, because it's going to come back and bite you. It will. These ladies, they leaped at once at the opportunity to share the news of the risen Christ. It was not an inconvenience to them, but a privilege. The angel said, go quickly. And tell them, that's it. That's the command. Why go quickly? Because people are waiting to hear. People need a hope. And they need a future. So go quickly and tell them. You know, it's a special honor. And it shows the depth of one's spirituality. To give people hope that's in Christ. Some people... They use church because they want to compare clothing or they want to catch up on the latest news. But others, they want to learn of the risen Christ. And then they want to tell others what they've learned. I bet that's some of you. You can't wait for opportunities to share with other people who Jesus is and what he's done. Some of you have a fire burning in your bones. You know who you are. You're on fire for God. And you can't be silenced from talking about Jesus, just like the sun can't be restrained from shining. God has sent you, and people need you. 
There were no excuses with these ladies. They went. You know, it wasn't, oh, wait a minute, Mr. Angel. I have a hairdresser's appointment. I can't go right now. Or I'm going to a baby shower. Do you ever notice all the baby showers that are on Sunday morning? What's up with that? Why do babies, why, why do people have baby showers on Sunday morning? Why can't they have them on Sunday afternoon so they can honor their friends that want to go to church? So, you know, there are people that try to escape God's commands. Moses, he tried to escape God's call. Send my brother Aaron. He speaks better. He's better looking too. Send him. Jonah, God wanted to send him to Nineveh. Jonah's like, I hate the Ninevites. I, I'm going, I ain't going. And he went in a different direction. Elijah, he just wanted to die. Oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so scared of that woman. I just want to die. But not these ladies, the two Marys. They were not held back by any weakness. They obeyed. They obeyed because they believed. And you'll always act on whatever it is that you believe. Secondly, when you obey, the reward follows obedience. Verse 8, they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. And now they're on their way to the disciples. And uh uh-oh, wait, Jesus shows up, boom, right in the middle of their journey. Jesus met them and greeted them. They had an encounter with the Lord. Wow, that was their reward. To see Jesus himself in his resurrected body. You know, there are some believers today, maybe some of you that are listening, you've never had an encounter with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is where the good news is. Because he is the good news. That's why. He is the good news. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. The Lord Jesus Christ does not feel at home with lazy Christians. He said, I believe that he reserves his fellowship for the sufferers and the workers. That's what these ladies were. They were working for the kingdom. And maybe there are some of you today, I don't know, you've never had that encounter with the Lord because you're not doing anything. Maybe you're lazy. Maybe you're not involved. Maybe you've got too many worldly affairs going on in your life. There's no time for the kingdom affairs. I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you do. The the Lord, he met the women because they were doing. Christ meets us in our obedience. Have you ever met Jesus in this way? You've met him in your obedience. That's beautiful. If not, then let's get at it. It's time to get at it. It might not be convenient, but it's time to get at it. It's time to get at kingdom work, and you'll find the Lord right there. The second part of the reward is that Jesus welcomed them. Do you see that as a reward? I do. Jesus met them, and he greeted them. Isn't anything that that the Lord says to you personally a reward in itself? How about that day when some people will stand before him and he will look him right in the eye and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Is there a greater reward than that? 
than for Jesus to look you right in the face and say, well done. I saw you down there. I saw your struggle. I saw your heartache. I saw your pain, but you never gave up. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy of the master. About when Jesus said to his disciples, no longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Want to be a friend of the Lord? You want to know what he's doing, what he's up to? Then you got to be at it. You got to be doing it. Think of it. When you're serving God, maybe some of you serve God on Sunday in Sunday school. Maybe some of you tell people where to park. You pour coffee in the church, or you, you're involved in the technical things of the church, in the, the uh, sound and media and whatever it is that goes on. Jesus is working right there to you, with you. Don't think that you're out in the parking lot by yourself. The Lord is there. Don't think that you're in that sound booth by yourself. The Lord is there. Wherever you are serving in the church, you're in the nursery with the little babies, the Lord is there. Wherever you're serving, he's there with you because he is always in the place of serving. And you know what? That's the place that you'll have an encounter with him. You will. Thirdly, once we have obedience, and once you know that the Lord's presence with you is a reward, that leads to refreshment. Boy, nothing like having a refreshed spirit, right? Aren't we stressed out these days? You're not kidding. We're overtaxed, overcharged, stressed out, too busy, and yet we can find ourselves being at ease with the Lord. In verse 10, Jesus said to the ladies, Don't be afraid. Don't stress. Go and take my word to my brethren. Tell them to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. I believe at that moment something changed. Something changed here. Remember the beginning of the scene with the angel? Go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. They began with the intention of telling the disciples. But after meeting Jesus, now they're going to his brethren. Can you see the difference? With the angels, they were called disciples, followers. But with Jesus, they were called brothers. See, when you minister to God's people, It's not just man or people with issues or wild kids. You'll feel that you are speaking to those who Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. You know, when Jesus calls us brethren, that's a very intimate and a very personal title. And now you feel yourself drawing closer to the Lord. And you know what happens? Your heart begins to grow more tender. It takes a tender heart, you know, to go deeper with God. 
you're helping the brethren of the Lord. And people can really cause us a lot of strife, can't they? (laughs) And anxiety. Oh, yeah. But it depends on how you see them. Let your heart become tender toward God's people. And refreshment will fill, will soon fill your spirit. And Jesus said it, didn't he? I'll refresh you. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll finally have rest for your souls. Where's that come from? Drawing closer to God, walking with God, serving God. So think about it. Within 12 hours, their whole countenance had changed. Why? See, first they went to the tomb early in the morning, right? And they were saddened and discouraged. And they brought spices. And they were going to anoint their dead friend. What a loss. But the angel said, he's risen. Go tell the disciples. And on the way, they met Jesus. And Jesus greeted them and spoke with them. And he said, go tell my brothers. Oh, the whole scene is climaxing into a family. The family, see, the family didn't end because Jesus came back. So everything changed. Why? Number one, Christ was risen. And number two, they witnessed it and they had the privilege to tell others. They saw it as a privilege. I wonder how many people today see it as a privilege to share Christ. I'm going to tell you how many, those that do. Those that share Christ, they do it because they see it as a privilege. And those that don't, I guess they don't see it as a privilege. I don't know. Maybe they don't see it as anything. Like, ah, whatever. I got them. It's good enough. But when you see the privilege that it is to share the Savior with the world, even if it's one-on-one, it's a beautiful thing. And it is a privilege to do so. So let's make an application to this scene. You know, when we read it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on. But when we go deeper and read between the lines, there's like a lot going on. There's life change going on. So how do we how do we take a scene like this and make it personal for our lives? I don't know. I got a few things I can mention. Number one, say what you saw. The ladies did. They said what they saw. Oh yeah, they they went to the tomb, saddened, but they when they got to the disciples, they were overjoyed. <laughs> what a change! Why? Because they said what they saw. He's risen. He said, go to Galilee. He'll be there waiting for you. That's excitement. Number two, teach what you've been taught. You know all the knowledge that you accumulate in your spiritual growth? Don't keep it in. Spread it out there. Teach other people. Tell other people the wonderful things that you have learned about the Lord. Thirdly, believe enough. Don't just believe, but believe enough that it gets you serving God. 
serving God in a way that replaces it, that replaces like what used to be maybe for you inconvenient. And now see it as privilege. Okay? When you take up any position in the church, don't see it as inconvenient. See it as a privilege. And you know, a lot of the unsung heroes of the church are not the people in the limelight. It's the people behind the scenes. The ones that get no notoriety. They're hidden. They're away from the main service, but they're serving like crazy. Parking cars, greeting people, changing diapers, you name it. And the booths. And they don't get any notoriety. But they do it as a privilege. And they're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Whatever we do for the Lord, it's not an inconvenience. It's a privilege to do so. He's given us that opportunity to do so. Because everybody is participating in helping to bring the good news. Man, that's what it's all about. We're bringing the good news. And if we're not verbally bringing the good news, we're making it possible by our service for others to bring the good news in whatever their ministry might be. So that's why you need to be in church on Sunday. As much as you can be. I know sometimes there are factors that stop us. Sickness, maybe disability, maybe location, geography. That's okay. But those that are able to be there, should be there. Because we're all rowing together. We're all rowing the ship in the same direction. And everybody has a part to play. And something we need to do before we get there, and you know what that is? Prepare our hearts. A heart must always be prepared. And how do you prepare your heart on Sunday morning? I'll bet for some people, it's a lot of running around. (laughs) Hurry up, hurry up. Oh no, where's my coat? Where's my shoes? Where's my keys? Oh no, I'm running late. I gotta hurry. You know what? That's no way to go to church. Plan ahead. If you go on vacation, you plan ahead, right? If you get married, you plan ahead. If you have company over for dinner, you plan ahead. Well, going to church is greater than all of those. Plan ahead. Know what you're going to wear. Set it up ahead of time. Know where your car keys are. Put them in your pocket. Hang them up. I don't know. Get everything ready. Maybe rise and shine 20 minutes earlier. So everything can be prepared. And then you get to church by a miracle 10 minutes early. Wow, that's a miracle. And you you acclimate. Acclimate to the Spirit. And you're ready. And then when church starts, man, boom, your emotions are settled down. You're in your seat. You've been anticipating. And you're ready to go. You're not walking in during the third song. Because worship time is God's time. Never forget that. During worship, we give to God. During the message, God gives to us. And I don't know why it is, but... The churches are not full at the start of worship. They're half full at best. And then during the worship, they fill up. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't think it's right. 
the church should be full at the beginning of worship. Why? It's God's time. We are there to sing songs of praise. We are there to honor him. And, by the way, it clears the clutter out of our heart. And after a song service and worshiping God, man, we've been prepared. It's like the soil that's been softened. Before the farmer sows the seed, he he softens up the soil so the seed can go on the ground. And our hearts, they become a little crusty during the week. So we come to church early, and we allow the worship to soften up our heart. And then the Word of God will go in. And I think that's the problem with maybe why some people don't grow, because their hearts are not prepared for the Oh, they're there for the message, but the hearts are still hard because they missed so much of the worship. And when the seed of the word was sown, boom, it just bounces right off, like falling on a sidewalk or falling on a path. And what did Jesus say? The devil comes and takes it away. And there's no growth. That's no good. You don't want to do that. You want to grow. So that's why you plan ahead. You prepare to go to church. See, I'm I'm showing you how important that aspect is. It's vital. And I'll tell you what, the whole service will become so much more enjoyable as well. And if your church is enjoyable, it's going to have a lot more meaning for you also. Like I said, if you can't get to church, you can, most churches stream their services, and that's a wonderful thing as well, to have the ability to do that and at least participate from home or wherever you are in your church service. We meet at 10 o'clock here at New Hope. You can stream us online as well at newhopecc.tv. But it's nothing like being there, like any church. It's nothing like being there if you can. And being there early. Early, to me, is on time. You want to be on time? Be early. And like I said, acclimate. Acclimate to Sunday morning. You get your heart prepared. So when that first beat of the song comes out, you're ready to honor God and worship the Lord with songs of praise. Hey, don't forget the Hope Club podcast. Go on back. This is one worth listening to again. It'll help us in our spiritual growth. 